Welcome back to our podcast, Coffee and Cybersecurity with Cyberpilot. I'm your host, Anders, and for the third time in a row, I got Rasmus with me, uh, who's the CEO of Cyberpilot. So welcome back. Thank you very much. Um, in the last two episodes, we talked about risk analysis and a plan, do, check, act cycle, which is good ways of getting started with your cybersecurity work. Today, we're going to talk about how to do a security policy, because we want to stay here with the with the basics and the whole foundation for security work and having a good policy at your company for how you do security is a good step in that foundation yes so maybe we should start with why do you even need a security policy well um a security policy is a really good way of aligning what is our ambitions regarding cybersecurity, information security in our organization And on an overall level, who's responsible for what? Yes. And um, some uh, I see in a lot of organizations, they 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 jump directly to kind of guidelines for employees. What should you do? What shouldn't you do? Uh, you can use uh, this Wi-Fi. You can't use that Wi-Fi. You should always keep your device updated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they and then when I ask him, well, but what is your overall objectives regarding uh, your information security? They say, "Well, we we haven't kind of we haven't done we haven't we haven't kind of taken taken the decision around that." And then the obvious next question is, "Well, then how do you make sure that the guidelines you have for employees or for your systems actually what do they when are they a success? Um, to how do you how will you ever uh, figure out if you are doing too much or too little if you haven't set on what is actually our objective?" Um, So I think it's a really good way of of creating that alignment between the different layers in the organization is where what when are we actually satisfied with the work that we are doing within information security? Yes. So that is actually also what it is. It is a a piece of paper, a document, like laying out what is the whole goal and who is responsible for what and everything yes. in, in your company. Yes. Um, and that's also why we have you with us here to three times in a row, because this is the foundation. We are once again trying to to force you into the helicopter uh, level to say we need to have these things in place before all the actual work um, that most people want to do uh, get started. Exactly. Yes. And for the whole, what is, temp uh, what is a policy and what is a, a guideline thing? I think we will pause the whole guideline things for now. We can come back to that in, a, in another episode maybe. So now we will just focus on the policy itself. Yes. Yeah, because honestly, the, the, the guidelines and, and kind of establishing good guidelines for employees is also very important. Yes. But it should come in kind of a natural order where you first kind of settle on your your overall framework for IT security. And then you can you can move on to the guidelines afterwards. Yeah. So I think I've also written down a small note, like, are there any important rules when making a, a security policy? And I guess one of them is it's not guidelines. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it shouldn't be the, the security policy is not the policy where you define what you can and what you can't do and how you do specific things. No. Um, and, and also, I think it's also important to say, well, if you actually started doing guidelines, well, you can still go back and do the policies. It's not like, say, well, I started with doing guidelines so it the, the it it's it's over for me it, then it's just well the sooner the better you can start uh, kind of establishing a good information security policy the better 
Yes, and then you can always revisit the guidelines you already did exactly. afterwards. Exactly. Uh, another important rule is that it shouldn't be too long because then it will just end up in a disk where nobody will look at it. Uh, yes. It needs to be quite quick and fast to get through. And then it also uh, written down it should fit your current state uh, and that's some kind of dream case scenario. Exactly. Yeah. So so this is um. It's not it's not a vision document where you say, well, somewhere in the future we want to be able to 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 reach this state. It should be more practical, saying, well, what is it actually we want to reach right now? Yes, and uh, and just like we did with the risk analysis, we actually have a template on how a template like this, uh, how a policy like this can look like. So uh, I'll drop a link in the description, and then you can also follow along with the things we're talking about, and you can also take it and copy it and then adjust it into how your company uh, is looking. Um, yes. So basically, our security policy template um, consists of eight different things. So we have eight steps to go through. Uh, and some of it will run quickly through, and some of it will we spend a little bit more time on, because that's also where the actual work maybe is uh, in the policy. Yeah, and then for most of these uh, steps, there's, there's basically the only thing you have to do when using our template is replace the X with the, the name of your own yeah. organization, and then you're kind of you're you're done with that step. We've made it that easy for you. Exactly. So uh, download it and have a look at it if you don't already have a policy. Um, but let's jump to the first step. The first thing you need to uh, define in your policy is what is the purpose of the policy. Yes. Yeah. So that basically, why am I reading this document? What when I pick up this document, what 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 should I find? And uh, in our template, it just says well, the security policy defines the framework for the management of information security in insert your name. Yes. Of the organization of your name. Yeah, so it's pretty name much of your organization. Sorry. <laughs> so it's pretty much just like a formalia uh, kind of thing. It, exactly. It's not something that needs to be defined that precisely for your organization. Exactly. Uh, it is because it is like a a document that is kind of official in that way. So exactly. some of it is a little bit boring in that sense. Um, but the second step is the validity, which is kind of a, also one of the things that just needs to be there. So who does it apply to in the end? Yes. And and for as a starting point, our recommendation is that you should try to define that the security policy applies to everyone. Um, and also, you could also extend it to like uh, external consultants that are in essence, have the same rights and same access as your employees. Yeah. Um, but but try to to think of it as what these are the things that we really want that applies for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So you could actually see it, say that if you have external people who have access to your systems, then they maybe make sense to have in it. Um, exactly. But that's also a pretty straightforward point. But yes. the third point is a uh, or the third step is where all the, the fun starts, because this is where you have to define all your objectives. Yes. Um, so this is where the goal setting also comes into play. Yes. Yeah, so this is where you really have to start thinking about, well, what do we want to achieve when when we work with information security in our organization? What is the goal? Where When is, when is it enough? Yeah. Um, what is the outcomes we want to uh, achieve? Um, because again, that's that's really up to like each organization to uh, to define, um, and also there there can be different kind of levels of 
ambition in terms of, yeah. of, of information security. Yeah, so this is where you, you shouldn't go with a dream case scenario. You need to figure out what is actually realistic ambitions for these objectives. Exactly. Um, could we have an example or two, maybe, just to make people? Uh, well, what could it be? Well, we could. We could. One of the one of the examples um, could be. Well, do we have an objective to actually um, work with a uh, information security framework? Yeah. Like ISO twenty seven oh oh one. That could be an objective that you really set forward to say, well, we aim to follow this guideline, to, to follow this framework uh, when we do all our uh, information security work. It could also be other, it could be NIST um, yep. frameworks that you, you pick down. It could be kind of simple principles, um, but really say, well, this is an objective. We want to we want to reach this. It makes it very clear. Um, also, when we when we come a little bit further down in the in the policy, it also says who does what. It also it also makes it easier. Maybe say, well, if this is actually the ambition, if this is the objective, then we also need to make sure that the right people are responsible for it, and that those people also actually get the right resources for that. Yes, and I actually it's, it's no uh, secret that you are the one who uh, who wrote this template that we've done, and I also think it's kind of fun with one of the objectives, which is an example. Of course, it doesn't have to be like this company aims to comply with GDPR. So I think that goes really to illustrate the, the realistic part, because of course we should all aim to, uh, to comply with the GDPR, but it doesn't say that we have to, because that might not be realistic in the beginning. Of course we want to, down the road, be 100% compliant, but if you haven't done anything, then the first step is to just get the basics um, done, and then you might not be 120% compliant with GDPR, but that's just the first steps. And, and then you can. There could also be another objective, another definition of that. Say, well, we have to comply. We have to yep. make 100% sure that we are complying with all regulations. Yes. And some organizations might say, well, we, as you, as it's, as it says here, we aim to comply. Yeah. But again, that's that's the definitions, and that's where you really have to. So I think these are this objective part is where you really have to spend yes. most of the time. But there are some kind of I would really some 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 best practices in here. Um, I would definitely recommend that you keep the, well, let's do a risk-based approach. So as we've discussed in earlier episodes, that's where you really start thinking about, well, do, how do we actually use the framework of yep. risk assessment to plan our, um, our information security? And then I would also really encourage you to say, well, for our information security, we really need to start developing a handbook have a playbook yeah. uh, or a manual uh, kind of uh, there's a lot of different uh, names for that where we start describing what things are we doing in terms of uh, information security because that's that's really where it becomes uh, that's where it becomes concrete and you really start you can you can really then lay out well what is what are we actually doing and and why yeah um yeah so i think the risk analysis is also a way of figuring out what should the, the objectives be. Yeah. Uh, and I think the last objective in the template is also that you should review this policy every single year. So it goes into it's a cycle thing. You exactly. can always update the objectives when you complete them. And, and the, the objective could be more and more ambitious over time. Yes. You could say, well, we that, that we could st we could start with saying we want to we want to aim to be compliant with GDPR and then kind of a year later we say well we definitely need now to make sure that yes. we are compliant with GDPR and the first step closer we want to 
we want to 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 try to do our work in according with ISO. And then for next year, you could say, well, now we really are confident that now we want to make sure that we get a yearly statement that we are compliant, that we get an ISO certificate or we get a, a ISAG 3402 uh, declaration from an IT auditor saying that we actually comply with these uh, frameworks. Yeah, so it's, it's just to illustrate that it depends on where you are in your journey, exactly. your cybersecurity journey. Exactly. But of course, the end goal after X amount of years should be that you comply with, with the GPR and, and maybe also have some kind of statements. Um, but I think this is really, um, when, when you set these objectives, you obviously have to kind of, depending on where you are in your organization, you have to get the, the, the management on board. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the next, the next part of, of this, this policy is where we start defining on who actually is responsible for what yeah. in, in, uh, in the organization. And, and for a lot of, for a lot of companies, it's, I would say wrongly just pre- assumed that everything relating to information security is actually just, um, it's the responsibility, the final responsibility is in the IT department. And I think that's a little bit of a misconception because yes, they might have the the the, the responsibility for kind of the operational work, mm-hmm. but for in the, the end responsibility often actually lies in the board. And I think that's a really good discussion to actually start having internally and say, well, it's not something that the board can just push down and say, well, let's we'll, we'll just assume that someone else has the has a good way of working with information security. It's actually something that and also some of the, the legislation that is coming like NIST 2. Yeah. It, that's something where it's, it's actually defined. Well, there is a board level um, responsibility for information security. So again, this this really this the, the 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 policy really makes it possible that we have that alignment. Who is actually responsible for what? Yes. Also, just because it is critical for the whole business. So of course, some of the responsibility lies with the board and yeah, and the ownership of the company. So that was jumping into the responsibilities, and one of that is that who is the the main responsibilities? But like you said, uh, the IT department might be the operational part. And then that's their responsibility. But it could also be all the way down to the individual employee. Um, what are they responsible of? Because they also have some kind of responsibility when it comes to cybersecurity work. Yes. So and I think that that's that 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 ties then together with the guidelines. So yes. it 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 would be for a lot of companies it just makes a lot of sense to say, well, we have these different responsibilities starting from the board to mm-hmm. the management to the IT department. Um, and now all the way down to the individual employees. But what is actually the responsibility of the individual employees? That is to comply with the policy and to comply with the usage policies, the guidelines that are actually yeah. set forth by them. Exactly. So we actually get like the full funnel of uh, who who should do what and who who owns what. Yes, as well. I think there's another point that that's relevant to 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 also kind of just touch upon here is is the definition of ownership. Yeah. Is that it's in a lot of companies today, you have digital assets across the, the company. So in the traditional, IT could own and could oversee all assets. But today, realistically, you have uh, you have assets in finance department. They have their own ERP system. Yeah. You have uh, marketing might have their website. IT might have the, the, the servers. But, but you could really see that there is ownership for, for assets that could have some information 
security needs or kind of uh, angles to it across the whole organization. And therefore, it's important that we also assign the ownership of these assets to the different departments and saying, well, yes, marketing, you might, you might, you might, you might own the website. Yeah. But then you also, if you own the website, it's also your responsibility to show, to make sure that the website operates, that is operated and managed in compliance with the security policy. And you're then welcome to, to, to bring in yeah. the IT department to ensure that help. But, but in the end, in the end, it's your asset and therefore you are ultimately responsible for that asset. Yeah, that's a good point. So it also takes, <clears throat> sorry, uh, the whole way, the myth about IT department owning everything. Well, I think it, realistically, it's 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 just not possible. But it's also when you receive that ownership, you receive that 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 that, that responsibility for an asset. Then it's also your problem. Yes, yeah. it's, it's it couldn't. It, it's not fair to say that IT department should be responsible for all risks across all different assets if they have no realistic way of actually managing those assets. Exactly. And that, so that's where you we say, well, IT department, we'll make sure that we help you if you if you have an asset, if you have a question. But in the end, it's your it's your responsibility um, to make sure that that you actually comply with the security policy. And if you can't take that that responsibility, that well, then you 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 can't take the ownership of that asset. Yeah. Then the ownership might stay with with the IT department, but then you might be kind of limited some some way. Then you always have to go ask for for permission if you want to do something because it's the IT department's responsibility then to make sure that that you comply with the security yes. policies so yeah. i think that's that's a really interesting kind of point and it really kind of the the whole definition of who actually owns each asset yeah and i think now we spend some time on the objectives and the whole uh, responsibility part but that's also because that's why we need to align on things that's why i need to discuss things with the whole inside your company exactly. so it takes some time in these parts of the of the policy exactly but uh but let's try to move forward anyway even though we could talk for hours about that um for the next one is waivers which is when can you break these uh these objectives and rules and responsibilities yes and could you ever uh... i think again that's just a, a, a that's just important to actually note that saying well in in the, there might be edge cases where you might have to do something that then falls outside the the scope of information security policy, but then it's it's critical to align on well in those cases what should we then do? Is yeah. it the IT department that grants you that that way of saying well you could you actually you are allowed to 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 step outside the normal rules? Is it the management? Is it the individual system owners that can yes. asset owners that can that can take that decision, uh, or is it even something that has to go up uh, all the way to the to the board yeah. to do that? So again. That could be completely dependent on what is what works in your organization and what kind of assets you you operate. But at least ha let's have that discussion about when when we want to step out of this the, the rules, who should then be involved? Yes. And then the next part is the whole reporting of the of the work. So who should report what to who? Yes. And and I think it again it makes sense that of course the IT department has some kind of overview of things. So they should inform maybe the executive board about relevant security breaches and so on. Uh, and you can again break that down into a funnel. So who should report on what? And of course, not everybody should report anything. Um, it's really breaking down what do you actually need to know, what is the measurements, and then figure out how do we report on those measurements. Exactly. 
Exactly, and I think that ties together well. Well, if if the board should take the overall responsibility for IT, then they will also start demanding. Well, if I'm yeah. supposed to take over, then I need to receive kind of updates on that on a board level, and then that should come from the IT department. Exactly. So it should happen kind of naturally when you step out or when you map out the other parts of the policy. Then it should become quite obvious. What we need to do but really a good and i think that's also why we put it in here is it's a really good process to also have this this annual at least annual report on yeah. how we're actually doing return uh, regarding information security information security yes and uh, the last part is uh, the whole violation part which we of course never hope will happen but what should happen if a violation happens um, and i think that's again just a, a again like say it's not something that we hope to happen but do we actually are we ready to take the consequences if people are again and again stepping outside the rules of the organization? Yeah. Are we actually then do we do we do we align that that could actually have some consequences um, for for those people? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really good kind of discussion to have as well. Yeah. So again, this 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 policy is really about setting the scene for how do we work with cybersecurity rather than what is it the specific initiatives that we are doing exactly. And that's actually it. Then you have a then you have a security policy that is pretty straightforward and short. We don't have 20 pages of all kinds of things that nobody will ever look at and is irrelevant. This is something that you can pretty quickly put on the desk and see how we're doing these things. Yes. Um, so yeah, we hope that uh, it helps with your security policy and you get a good one in your company and get the whole board and whole company on board. And I think that's it for for this episode. I think so too. And uh, in the next episode, I won't have Asmus with me. So thank you for joining. Thank you. Uh, I think the next one will be Sarah, who's also from here. So um, you can look forward to that. And remember to click subscribe if you want to follow along the journey of this podcast. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>